welcome to The Boss Babe Mentality. This podcast is dedicated for women like you who want to level up, improve your overall health, mindset, and to be the best version of yourself. I'm Emily, your host. I'm a personal trainer and owner of The Sweat Club. If you are looking to elevate your life and want to have that all-round boss babe mentality, then you have come to the right place. Join me each week as I have real and raw combos with boss babes about all things health, wealth, business, success, failure, and so much more. Hello and welcome, beautiful people. Today, I have the fabulous boss babe, Brooke Fenwick, joining me on the podcast. Now, Brooke is an amazing accountant and business advisor, and the thing I love the most about her approach to money is that she keeps it fun and fresh. Too often, money can be a scary, negative subject to talk about, and I just absolutely love her positive approach. Now, today, we chat about all things money, my mindset, budgets, how to get yourself out of debt, and so much more. So put your joggers on, go for a walk, get out in that fresh air, and enjoy this jam-packed hour. Okay, welcome, Brooke. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So... For those of you who don't know, Brooke is one of my dearest friends, but also my accountant, mentor, psychologist, absolutely everything. (laughs) So thank you so much for taking the time out. And I'm so excited to share with our listeners um, everything that you have to pretty much talk about today. So this is going to be exciting and fun. So exciting. I'm really, I'm actually really excited to talk about like finance and and money and accounting in a really simplified, easy to understand matter because everyone's so scared to talk about it. So, yeah, Yeah, and this is definitely your jam. So this is just like bread and butter put together. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'm going to ask our little icebreaker, what is your most bizarre habit you have? Okay, so this is an interesting question because – a habit is apart from, you know, like chewing my nails and I actually rip out my eyebrows when I'm stressed. So weird habits. But one I thought of that was bizarre and not normal is when we are going to a new place or, you know, adventuring around on the weekends or traveling, I will study a map for hours and hours on end, like to the point where I know what street is three streets away in a northeasterly direction from the location we have to be in. I don't know. I love reading maps, reading globes, reading atlases. Like I absolutely love it. But the ironic thing is, is that when I'm in charge of a GPS, we always will get lost. Don't know. It does. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. It's a bizarre habit. It's a bizarre habit. It's like that is bizarre. It's weird. That it's is weird. Bizarre. I'm obsessed with maps. <laughs> wow, that is actually so <laughs> bizarre. And I'm so glad I asked that because it definitely brings out some funky little habits that people create. Yeah, definitely. Okay, 
So we are going to speak lots about money mindset today, how to budget strategies we can put in place to actually see some money in our bank accounts. But before we get into that, we want to know more about you. So your official title is accountant and business advisor for an accountancy firm. Tell us about who Brooke is outside of finance. So I... I don't know. I'm probably, people don't usually pick me as an accountant because I'm really loud and I don't really take things too seriously. I, um, I, I, I love everything sport related in life. I would love outdoor adventures. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't really take things too seriously all the time. Cause I think that's really important in life to have fun. Um, yeah. Okay. So how did you end up where you are now in accounting? So back in high school, um, so I was really interested in money maths and I found it really easy to understand and really interesting because money was probably not a subject that my family ever spoke about. Um, so in grade 11, I had the option to pick accounting as a, um, OP subject. And yeah, so I started, started learning about the debits and the credits and, you know, all the, all the fun stuff (laughs) back then. And I found it really easy to understand. Um, and in grade 12, I got the subject award for it. So like, you know, I really enjoyed it. And then the natural progression, I guess, was just to study that at uni. I, um, I took a gap year cause I'm, I'm actually from a little old country town called Bundaberg and, um, I wanted to move away from home. So I spent a gap year working in a bookkeeping firm, which I guess is, you know, the stepping stones and, and really learning the fundamentals of, of what, I guess, how you get to a profit and loss and how you get to a balance sheet in the end. And, um, I spent a year working there full time, to, I guess, get a little bit of, you know, the beginner level experience and also to save money so that I could afford to move away. Um, Then I started studying accounting at USC, the university here on the Sunshine Coast. And um, yeah, I I actually, in my first year of uni, got a full-time job um, at one of the accounting firms here on the sunny coast. And um, yeah, that's, that's where I started. And I really, I, I know it sounds pretty lame, but I really, really do love what I guess I've turned my job into because it's probably not your stock standard accounting job, which is for me, if I was sitting behind a computer just doing debits and credits all day, I would lose my mind. Like I'm, I'm, I'm an absolute scattered brain. I love talking to people. I love doing all that. And so I guess my role um, from my old accounting firm into my new accounting firm has evolved into more of an advisory style job where um, I've got a team who help me do the fundamentals and and the debits and credits and and do that part for me so that I can spend more time engaging with my clients and finding out what their pain points are. Um, You know, if they've got a problem, how we can fix it or how we can you know, where they're at now, where they want to be and, and, you know, helping them Mm. achieve their goals or or getting themselves out of trouble, um, in between and, and being engaged, 
you know, on a quarterly basis as opposed to a once a year, let's talk about your tax mm-hmm. um, kind of situation. So I am, a, I am a tax accountant. That's my bread and butter. But um, what, yeah, my role has evolved into is, all right, so, you know, at the core of it, it is tax accounting, but a lot of it is now more that advisory um, business style conversation. Amazing. So um, I think going back to kind of where it all began in school, I can definitely um, not relate to any form of accountancy during school. I absolutely knew nothing about money growing up and Mm -hmm. that's something that definitely I've learned through you as well. Um, And I guess we're going to go back into kind of as you were growing up. Um, So you've had a job since you were 12 years old. Yeah, I have. It wasn't just for a bit of pocket money, right? It was more for a different reason. So tell us about why you started working from such a, such a young age. Yeah. So I, I guess my family on my mom's side at least worked, you know, really hard to, to provide for, for us kids. Um, but you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, so I guess, first of all, to sort of take a bit of that pressure off my mum, I got a job at 12. Wow. Um, and so that, you know, like I, I could really, I could do, if I wanted to go and play in a basketball carnival or if I wanted to have a mobile phone and if I wanted to, you know, do you know or if when I got my scholarship to uh there was a a private school back home that I got a scholarship to but there was still a a little fee to pay each week if I wanted to go and do that like that had to be something that I was accountable for and to take the pressure off my mom and my stepdad who um you know there were three other kids to Mm. to provide for um that was you know something I did but also I grew up really fast and the you know, being responsible for that wasn't, um, you know, it, it wasn't a, a big deal. Um, so it was actually really exciting and, and to learn and interact with other, you know, adults at that age. I don't know. It was, it was really exciting to me. Um, but part of what I will always be really grateful for, for my mom was that she, whilst, yeah, it was a, a huge help that I could, you know, financially support myself in different aspects of life. Um, she also, it was a rule that if I got this job, I had to, regardless of what bills I had to pay or what was upcoming, I had to put aside 50% of every paycheck into what we used to call this big bank, um, which was my savings account. And so, you know, I worked from 12 and up until I, I had that gap year and up until then every single cent I earned, 50% of it had to go aside into this bank and it was it really first of all taught me the value of a dollar but secondly um, you know I had a pretty decent chunk of money by the time I was 18 to move away from home um, which wow. I, I earned every cent of myself so yeah Wow. See, that is so interesting to me because like I have been super, super fortunate growing up um, that I actually didn't really understand 
money at all. And so yeah. like Brooke, Brooke definitely knows that I kind of didn't have, it was a bit of a weird relationship that I had with money because I kind of fortunately have always had it there. So for me, I didn't really understand why we should budget and why we should save. Like mm. I also, I've had a job since I was 14 as well. Um, so I guess for me, I just had that job because I just wanted to spend my money on, you know, things yeah. and yeah. I was able to kind of do whatever I wanted with my money. Whereas obviously you had a different path that, and why you were spending your money or why you were, had a job. Um, yeah, I think that's super, super interesting. And I've definitely changed my mindset on, um, money and, and finance and how to, how to save and why we should be saving. But I definitely, along the, along the years, I have definitely, I didn't really understand as to why I needed to save, you know, my parents were always telling me save, save, save. And I was like, yep, I will eventually. And like, I never really had that actual, why should I be saving and what do I even want to save for? And that's something we're definitely going to talk about um, in a second. So we're going to get into the money side of things and I'm so excited. (laughs) Let's do this. So there's a couple of categories we're going to go through to do with finance and money. The -hmm. first one being that money mindset. So in your job from day to day, I'm sure you have negativity around money, speaking to clients that potentially are feeling very overwhelmed with maybe not having enough money um, and maybe constantly hearing that I'm so broke. You know, how do we start changing that mindset from being so negative to actually changing it to that positive? I think probably, you know, to start off with, I think our schooling system lets us down in a way because Mm -hmm. we learn the Pythagoras theorem and and how to like, you know, calculate an angle, but we don't learn about when we leave school, what a credit card is, what a loan is, how to buy a house, how to budget day to day. And like, I think, I think people are so hard on themselves for not understanding that basic stuff, but I think it's something that we should have been learning as a subject at school because there's a lot to learn. And, and I think that, people need to understand that it's okay to not to not know but it's not okay to not do something about that and that we all really need to to be educated in that in that area um which is something that I actually am really passionate about teaching people because yes because it's really it's not that difficult like it's really quite simple and I think that there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know articles and authors and and um accountants out there that overcomplicate it and scare people and it's got this really bad stigma about it and I think you know if we bring it back to its core like we all earn money we all have expenses and it depending on what your goals are you can achieve it it's it's up to you like it's it really is up to you so in terms of the mindset I think yeah I think having an education and, and, and not digging your head in the sand about it is really important. And there's, there's definitely some good resources out there that can really help you and podcasts that can help you understand those basics and, and engaging with a good financial planner or, or an accountant, you know, it, it costs you money, but it's an investment into your future and creating your own wealth. So I think first of all, 
the emotional side of it is not being hard on yourself for not understanding. Like, you know, I, I had no concept of, of, you know, what a, a loan was the day I graduated high school and how to budget out my money. And I did an accounting, you know, I was studying an accounting degree. I was working full time in an accounting firm and I was still learning about all this kind of stuff. And I had, you know, a, a university degree to help me. And I still, still didn't teach me all that much about what, you know, everyday life is and, and how to set financial goals and stuff like that. So yeah, really important for people to not beat themselves up about it. But I think it's really important to not sit there and not do anything about it if you are confused. Um, so probably, yeah, that would be the, I guess, the mindset about it is is to, if you're not sure, put your hand up and do something about it. Yeah. And that's something totally relatable. Like we said before is that, yeah, I definitely didn't learn anything about finance during yeah. school. And that's something that I do also agree with that there needs to be more education around that for younger people Definitely, because I think that's setting us up, you know, for our generation at the moment, we potentially are so bad with our money because we have never learned how to be good with it. And that's something I'm sure our listeners have had the feeling of is that, that guilty, that guilty feeling of constantly, um, you know, spending our money. And it's like, we're, we're pay passing and we're doing all of these things and spending all this money that we probably don't have, but we don't know how to rein it in. And I guess what would be a tip for our listeners um, that are, uh, how are we able to train our mind differently around finances rather than just shutting our eyes and going, yep, pay pass, oh, that'll do. So I think, you know, first of all, it's not being scared of, of, having a really basic understanding because that's all it has to be and it doesn't have to be overcomplicated and you don't have to become, you know, the next Warren Buffett and be the best investor in in stocks and, and things like that. Like it, it doesn't have to be complicated, but I think as long as you can understand your your income and you can understand your expenses and you have really got like goals that are really, really important to you, it's the logistics in between are quite easy to actually map out and and build a path to to be able to achieve those goals and and understand what is worth tapping your pay pass and and what's not so um budgeting in a word that's exactly what we're going to roll into so um budgeting you know you were saying your your income versus your expenses Mm -hmm. and you know I'm sure for our age some of our expenses are potentially maybe silly um so you know I know definitely when I first kind of came to you, um, just back to that mindset is that I, I was like so scared of starting a, you know, a budget. And when Brooke said, we've, you know, we've, we've got to look into a budget here. What I, I just remember feeling so scared because I, it's like, I didn't want to admit that not that I ever had a, a money problem, but it's just like, it's such a scary feeling. And I just felt so overwhelmed and, I guess I didn't know where to start, which was why I was so grateful for you because you literally just put it on a plate for me and was like, do this, 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 this. And that's what I want to be able to share with our listeners today Mm -hmm. is that what do you think, first of all, how do we even start with a budget? How do we know what a realistic kind of budget is? And what what are your best tips and tricks on sorting out a budget? So 
there's a million different systems out there and like I'm sure everyone's probably heard of things like the Barefoot Investor and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but it's really important to find a system that works for for you Um, because everyone's family and everyone's finances and everyone's goals are completely different. So it's really important to, to first of all, find a system that works for you so that you know, you don't stick to it for two weeks and then go up. Oh, it's like, like a diet. Like it, you don't stick to it for two weeks and then go up. Oh, that's it. I'm, I'm splurging. And you know what? We're getting, we're getting written off this weekend. And there goes all of my good habits I've created this two weeks because that happens a lot. And it's because, you know, it's not a one size fits all kind of situation. Like you need to have one that's customized to you. So, um, it's probably a huge game of trial and error, finding out a system that works for you. And actually Dale and I have a system that, you know, we've used with you that's really adaptable to every person and, and, and every, and every different family because finances are different. So, um, firstly, I guess, you know, in a quick little rundown of how we would, we would look at constructing a budget for someone is to, cause we basically rip apart everything. Like, you would know. <laughs> we rip apart everything and and we put it back together and that that is dependent on what your goals are. So it's really important for you to first of all actually understand how much money is coming in the door each week. So that's different for everyone, like whether or not you're a PYG earner, you're, you're a sole trader or, or you have a business, um, you know, it's not fixed for everyone. So probably, you know, for a POIG earner, it's quite easy because it's a fixed amount that's coming in each week. So really easy to then have a starting point of, of how much money you're earning. So, so yeah, like understanding your income is really important and, and you've got to be honest with yourself as well. And you've got to go through and absolutely tear apart every single expense you've got. So, you know, that can be, that can be from your rent to your nails that you're getting done, to a gym membership, to how much you're spending on food every week. So you've got to be really honest with yourself because if you're not, then we're not going to achieve a true budget. So, And I think just to butt in there is what you made me feel so comfortable about was that, you know, I at the time was getting, you know, my nails done and my lashes done and, and all of those things that, you know, I – probably thought to myself at that point in time, yep, I can just go without it. Like, screw it. It will just, I'll just take it out and I should be able to put way more away for my savings. And you know, what you, what you helped me with was the fact that no, you can still have your nails and you can still get your eyelashes done. But do you think that we could maybe budge, you know, with another thing? Do you think that we could maybe not spend so much on, on takeaway? Do you reckon you could, you know, and it made me feel super comfortable. And I think that is so important for our listeners or anyone who is trying to start a budget because I know that when I've done my own budget, it's like, okay, what do I earn? And it was the only category that I ever had was savings and then the tiniest little bit for food, Mm -hmm. shopping, and everything else in between. And that to me just wasn't obviously working, hence why I definitely came to you. But I just found that, yeah, it was the fact that I couldn't, there was no category for, you know, nails and lashes and, and all of those like fun. fun things that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that make you kind of feel good. Yeah. 
And that, that to me, yeah, was so important. And that's what I loved about your budget that you created was that you were like, no, no, let's not take away everything good in your life yeah. um, just to save this money. Let's actually, you know, incorporate that. But like I said before, you know, let's just take away a couple of things over, over in this category. Because I think, and that's, I guess, going back to that mindset thing is it's not having guilt attached to, like if you're, if you're working within a budget to achieve a goal of X amount to spend on, you know, your first house or something like that, you cannot feel guilty for, for spend having an, I guess, a, a little budget within your budget to be able to spend on things that are non-negotiable and more discretionary. Um, so that, you know, we're human beings, like it's in our nature to want to go out and, and have fun and, and live life. Like, because what's the point of, in my opinion, what's the Mm -hmm. point of, of slaving away and, you know, staying indoors, like what we're doing right now (laughs) for, for no reward in the end. So like, that's not to say go out and buy whatever you want to live your best life and, and have fun because I think, you know, you've got to be realistic like you won't be able to achieve goal of x if you just spend all your money and you're not aware of what you're spending so totally and do you think that you know when setting a financial goal what would you say is realistic and how do we go around putting you know this whole thing together like how do we go around getting this to this financial goal yeah so I think you know no goal is is unachievable you know, like I think if it's important to, enough to you, you will find a way to, to get yes. there. And like, you know, that can be a goal that you want to achieve in six months time, or it can be a goal you want to achieve in two years time or one in five years time. Like, and I think it's really important to not be scared of, of what is important to you personally, because, you know, for me, like I, my goal might be completely different to your goal. And, and I think that's really important to understand that it's really got to be something that's that will drive you that won't look you know it won't drive somebody else it's got to drive you because otherwise you won't stick to it so I think you know if you were let's say for an example of what we would run through with a client would be okay so you want to buy an investment property what kind of time frame in an ideal world would you have that investment property so if they say I want to be able to invest in in 12 months time would figure out exactly, I guess, a figure as to, you know, what they're kind of looking at to invest in 12 months time. So if it's, you know, a property of 500k and they need a deposit, we'll figure out exactly what that, the costs around that would be. And then we'll build that out into a, you know, a 12 month saving plan. So let's say that they need to save three grand a month over the next 12 months to be able to achieve the goal that they've set, well, then we need to retweak what, you know, is happening week to week. So if at the moment they're spending either, you know, more than they earn, which a lot of times when people come to us because they need budgeting help is actually, I guess, the the situation they're in, which is also one that I don't think people should really beat themselves up about because you only know what you know. Um, so we, we look at the income, we look at your, your fixed expenses, and we also have a look at, you know, within those fixed expenses, you know, they are non-negotiable and they're ones that we have to have every single week to survive. But is there any way that we can 
reduce them. So we'll go through that exercise. And I think it's really important for people to do that as well. So, you know, like if you're, you're paying X amount in rent and you've got three spare bedrooms upstairs and, you know, your goals are important enough to you and we don't have enough to be able to get there in that time frame. well, can you rent a room out or, you know, can you maybe when your lease ends find a cheaper place to live that's actually suitable for you or if you've got a mortgage, like have you have you spoken to a broker about potentially refinancing for a better rate or, or contacting your bank or things like that. So we really do, whilst they're fixed, they shouldn't be ignored because there's always a review point will go down so that you know you're not overspending when you don't need to um so going through that figuring out what our fixed costs are and then with all of your non-negotiable discretionary costs figuring out what a realistic budget within our budget for those kind of costs are and I think as well, like potentially, you know, if someone came to you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if someone came to you and said, look, I'm not budging on the 12 month, um, I need it done in one year's time, would you potentially say that short-term pain is obviously like for yeah. long-term gain? So you would potentially maybe say, all right, you need to now forego those luxury items now. There's no, it's non-negotiable. You need to stop that and then hit that 12 month. Whereas... I guess for someone else who's going, yeah, look, I'm pretty flexible. If I can still have this um, for, you know, I'm happy to kind of budge an extra year so long as I can still keep a couple of things that are making me happy. Is that probably how you would? Exactly. And I think that's why I guess to start this all off, I was kind of phrasing it in that there's no one budget that fits one person because it's up to, you know, the individual and how important it is for them to achieve that in any given amount of time. And and each person's situation is different as well. So, yeah, like depending on the person and how important it is, well, then, you know, for me, for example, like if I'm, if I'm, you know, in the next six months want to buy another property, I would probably make sure that I have bought it within that six months because it's in my nature to make sure that if I set a goal that I achieve it and that I'm happy to not buy things like you know takeaway coffee and I can go without activewear for a period of time and when I go out with my friends I'm happy to you know sit there and and chill out with them and I don't have to have a three-course meal like you know it's it's what I guess is important to you at the core and I know that sounds really wishy-washy but it is so important because if it's not well then you're not going to stick to it. And as well, having that discipline, right? Like um, I know for me that when we put aside, you know, money for say our splurge account, which I'm sure people know about or, Mm. you know, um, a spendings account that they're kind of guilt-free money, right? Yeah, yeah, I know that if I don't have the money in that splurge account that I'll be disciplined enough to not actually spend that. And I guess obviously that's what has to happen for other people, um, you know, it's not just like a quick fix. And like, if you do all these steps for the budget, you're going to have money. It's like, you have to be disciplined as well to not actually spend the money in the other accounts as such. Right. Yeah. And because I think you're giving yourself this amount to have fun with each, each week, like realistically, we've set it for a reason because that's what we agreed to, you know, live off. Um, and if you are going to dip into the that savings account for those goals, then I don't know, 
you kind of are stepping outside of, of, of the purpose of why we had the budget in the first place. It's kind of like, I guess it's like a diet in a sense. Like you set yourself these goals that you might want to achieve in six weeks or eight weeks. And, um, you know, we, we stick within our, um, our macros and we eat the right kind of food along the way. If you then decide one day you're just going to blow out and just eat everything, you're, you're really actually not, you know, we, we, we're given these, these, these targets to have all, each day and they're realistic for a reason. And then if you blow out, you're kind of unraveling some of the good work that you're doing when you've, you've mm-hmm. been given these allowances each day. It's kind of the same. Yeah. I guess you could probably translate that in a better way than I can, but like it's yeah, definitely. It's kind of the same kind of principle, you know. Yeah, a one hundred percent. And now, so moving into more debt um, and bigger, bigger debt. What do you find are our generation's biggest mistakes when it comes to debt or spending a, an absurd amount of money, maybe that we kind of don't think about? So I think with debt, there's definitely such a thing as bad debt. If you're <laughs> if you're getting a loan to go on a holiday, that's bad debt. If you're racking up a shit ton of afterpay purchases, that's bad debt. Um, <laughs> so like if you're if those, it's I guess back to what we were talking about before. Those if you're racking up debt for those discretionary expenses then like I'm, I'm not trying to be a hard ass, but that's, that's not good debt at all um, because you're basically, you're spending money for your enjoyment that you're not actually going to be increasing your income in any way, shape or form. Um, and, yeah, life is meant to be lived, but I think going back to the budgeting, if you want to be going on holidays, well then, you can actually you can you can budget for that quite easily um, in a period of time. So, um, yeah, I would never want to encourage somebody to take out a loan for for those kind of things or use a credit card for those kind of things. Um, I've never had a credit card because I think if I can't afford it now. Well then, Me I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't deserve it, really. Um, and as well, like I think it's scary for certain. Like especially for me, I used to be quite scared of debt. Yeah. Um, and Same. it can be a scary. Th- yeah. And it can yeah. be such a scary thought, right? That yeah. like, oh my god, I'm now going to be in so much debt. And um, yeah, I remember with afterpay especially yeah. is that I just ended up being like so overwhelmed to the fact that I just thought I can't afford this. And you know what I find funny is that when I used to work at like my just my part-time retail job, I found that I literally was living paycheck to paycheck. I found that I had zero dollars in my bank account every fortnight waiting for my pay to come in. And then I ended up spending it on just the most ridiculous stuff after pay, you know, yeah. extra clothes. And I find that now that I've got that budget in place, I'm not, I'm so much more conscious than I was to actually spend. And, you know, I took out a personal loan um, when I first studied 
sorry, when I went and studied my PT course, as you know, um, but for those who don't, I took out a personal loan because I didn't have enough money to pay for it. And, you know, the first thing that you said to me was, you, we need to we need to pay this loan off. This is just yeah. something that we need to get out of the way. Um, and what do you think the best ways are to pay off debt in general? I mean, small amounts of debt, you know, like a small personal loan or yeah. or your afterpay. What what are your best tips? So I guess first of all, understanding the amount is really important because I think I, I see a lot of people go, yeah. So I've got like a five k credit card, and you know, I've got a little personal loan, and very unspecific because they don't quite understand exactly how much they owe, which is is not very good because if you don't understand how much you owe, it kind of means that you're not actively trying to clear it. Um, mm-hmm. So so I get and, – and, and sort of like – and this is a thing, is that a budget and goal setting for finances is, is really simple. And going back to what I was saying before is, you know, if you've got a credit card that you want to clear and you've got a – you know, a personal loan that you want to clear, you've got minimum repayments that you have to make, right? So first of all, you should be making them. But if you want to pay it off earlier, well, that is your goal for now. You know, like you shouldn't, well, you should have other goals, but probably number one, so that you can get out of the red and into the green is, is to start that surplus amount that you've got within your budget after you've gone through that exercise of reviewing your income and expenses, that surplus, probably needs to go against that debt um, so that then you can start saving for fun things in life like holidays. And, yeah. and, um, and yeah, well, holidays is, is a great example of what you shouldn't be having a credit card or a, um, a personal loan for. And, you know, if you, if you need, um, this is another thing we do with, with clients within the budget. It, it's not all just about setting a goal amount, but also about having a, a safety net as well to fall back on so that, you know, when you did your PT course, if you had have had this safety net of, of a buffer, you could have used that to buy your laptop rather than get a personal loan and pay stupid amounts of interest, um, which mm-hmm. is money that you'll never get back. So, um, yeah, so we sort of encourage, we figure out that, of you know, how much is a realistic amount for the for the individual, which, you know, your listeners will be able to know probably those kind of unexpected amounts that they would have in their life would be. And, you know, over the next six to 12 months, figuring out what a realistic amount to transfer into an account to have as a safety net would be so that, you know, because they're the kind of things that we, we get credit cards and we get small personal loans and things like that for is, is, you know, if your car breaks down and, and, you know, who's going to front the bill if you don't have any savings, like, well, yeah, cheers, go MasterCard. Like that's an easy option. Um, but if you've got that, that buffer of cash there, well, that's the idea of it is to have a safety net to fall back on when you need it. So let's just, I guess, recap on back to that budget is we start with what do we actually have coming in? Mm -hmm. And then from there, we figure out A, what our non-negotiables are like, uh, yeah, sorry, like non-negotiables like rent. Yeah, yeah. So that's like your fixed costs. So they're your rent, your mortgages, car payments, um, electricity, those kind Mm -hmm. of things that you can't just not pay. Um, phone mm-hmm. bills and things like that. 
And then from there, once you've kind of come up with that budget for, all right, how much do I have to put away for those amounts that I cannot budge on? Mm-hmm. Where does the rest of your money go? So you've just spoken about obviously some like a, our splurge account. Yeah. Um, and then how do we know, do we put what's left in the account for an emergency or a rainy day? Yeah, so I think um, what you would do is you've got to have, first of all, a goal that, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to either chip away at debt or save for a holiday or save for a property. So you need to understand that at the same time that you need to, I guess, figure out what amount that you need to put aside for, gotcha. for a safety net. Definitely. Okay. So let's move in to some of our boss babe questions. So I opened up a little question box on my Instagram and I have a couple of questions that my followers uh, have obviously got for you. So the first question I have got for you is tips and tricks for young adults saving for first home deposits while still being able to have a life. Probably we've sort of answered that, I guess, with Mm. the budgeting side of things. So um, while still having a life, yeah, I definitely encourage that um, because I think your mental health is just as important as, you know, like saving saving for um, things that will make you really happy and will really set you up financially. But um, I think in the meantime, you've got to be able to want to live your life every day. Um, So, yes, finding, finding out, first of all, how long it's going to take you to realistically save for those um, for those things in life. And then in the meantime, making sure that you've got a reasonable amount. Like it doesn't have to be a lot, but just figuring out an amount that you can live off to, to you know, socialise on weekends and, and buy things for, for yourself in the meantime, I think is really, really important. So, yeah, ha- having a budget really. Yeah, and again, it comes down to that discipline, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah you have this big goal of buying a house. Yeah. So is what I'm about to spend my money on actually worth it? Is it, it? worth it? Yeah. 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 Do I do I need this and is it really going to to make me feel as good as what I think it will or am I just just tapping and being a bit oblivious to 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 what that actually means in the long run is that it's going to take me longer to be able to buy my property or whatever it is. Definitely. And I think having that emotional, you know, it's like when we buy, when we just go shopping, I definitely know that it's an emotional connection. You know, it's like at that point in time, yeah, this Mm. lovely, beautiful dress is going to make me feel like so amazing at that point in time. But honestly, in about two weeks time, it's going to be in my cupboard and I'm honestly probably not going to even wear it. So I think weighing up those options as well, when you go to actually buy something that, you know, might not get you to your end goal, you need to kind of weigh up and go, all right, is this actually worth it? Or is it going to sit in my cupboard in two weeks time? Like everything that I buy normally does. Yeah. And I guess like, I guess also probably some, you know, the right, having the right mentality behind why you're buying something, you know, that doco and Netflix is it was it Marie Kondo or something like yes like I actually that I've been pretty good with my money but I'm also guilty of sometimes buying things that are just dumb <laughs> like, we're, you know, women. Like, we're yeah, women we love, love spending love to spend my money <laughs> I work to spend no I'm kidding <laughs> I um I that actually it, going through my things first of all and going does this spark joy can I see myself, you know, totally wearing this actually helps when you're out spending money because like, is this, 
third pair of white shoes that I'm going to wear to the gym actually going to spark joy? Probably maybe for a week, maybe for two weeks, and then I'm going to be over it because I've already got two other pairs of shoes that I could be wearing. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds really wishy-washy, but honestly, like I really valued that doco a lot. It, it helped me with even still justifying things that I spend money on because it's not just about hoarding, but like will that will that purchase really spark joy? And is it really totally. worth like having to, you know, dip dip in dip into your um your savings and 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 not fulfilling that satisfaction as well? Like I think, yeah, that was I really really backed that little bit. That's actually <laughs> I also loved that documentary. And so yeah, for everyone that is listening who is kind of our age and are looking to buy a house, you need to make sure that you aren't dipping into the, that savings um, if, you know, you just want to buy that third pair of white shoes, literally, like you said. Yeah. Um, okay, so next question, how do I get rid of financial anxiety and not shutting my eyes when opening up my bank account? Now, this is something I definitely am guilty of doing. I used to literally not I'd just literally keep buying until my card declined and then I would probably not even deal with it then. But I would just transfer some money from like a separate account that I thought was my savings, which obviously wasn't because I just didn't care about it enough. But yeah, what yeah, what are your tips on not shutting your eyes and just hoping that it doesn't decline? I think that like I'm not very good at being hard and harsh, but I think the harsh truth to that is is that you know, we've got to be, we're adults and we've got to be accountable for what we spend our money on. Um, because realistically, like how long can you sustain that kind of anxiety for? And I, and I find it's a, a lot of young people are like that. And, and it goes back to not having the education of, of what money really is and, and, and the value of a dollar. Um, so I think, First of all, if you feel like that, you probably need to, I guess, take a step back and go, okay, you know, do I want to get ahead financially and do I want to curb this financial anxiety that I've got? Because we've got a, we've got the choice to do that. So, um, and, and it goes back to what I say, like I, I really think that finance and, and money and, and like, you know, basic accounting isn't, it's not hard. Like we've we've got to make the choice as to whether or not we want to, you know, open up that avenue in life and, and have an understanding of it, or we can just continue to follow down that path of, of kind of digging our head in the sand and, and not doing anything about it. So, um, there's some really good like podcasts and, and books and, and things you can read. And like, you know, it might be like prison trying to understand it all, but you know, that's a choice that, you make in life, whether or not you do want to, you know, you do want to sort that part of your life out or you don't. So, um, yeah. And I think for people, sorry, for people that are listening, they definitely probably want to sort at least one part of their finance out. So yeah, yeah, definitely. That's such a, that's such a good point is to not dig your head in the sand and actually go, yeah, look, all right, I'm making this decision. I'm going to plan out a budget. And that way then, yeah, you definitely don't have that kind of close your eyes mentality and you just kind of get on with it because you know what you're spending. 
And I don't think it's about like going from, okay, all right, so I, I, I have to fix this and tomorrow I'm going to have a budget and in six months' time I'm going to be fine. Like that's it's like anything in life. It's not easy, especially if you're in the current situation where it makes you really anxious to, to even think about, you know, what's in your bank account and you close your eyes when you look at it like that. Like, yeah, that that's not that's not easy and I think – don't be hard on yourself, but just be aware that you can't sustain that. And yep. um, if you if you want to get ahead in life and if you want to own your own house or if you don't want to own your own house and you want to go on holidays, I think, um, you know, starting with a very simple budgeting exercise and it doesn't have to be complicated, but just going through and reviewing your expenses and and that mindset around do I – really need this or is this going to you know spark joy and just it'll it'll naturally just make you more and more accountable and it's so funny when I speak to people um for the first time like they're generally nine times out of ten have that anxiety and and are also really scared to talk to people like me because a lot of people in my position overcomplicate things um, and also potentially they may be embarrassed to yeah, let, definitely. You know, let you know what they've kind of spent their money yeah. on. And that's something I know that I definitely was like so scared about when I first started talking to you was yeah. that I was like, oh, my God, I don't want her to judge me on yeah. what I'm actually spending my money on. And like that's the whole reason why you kind of go and see like, yeah. a financial advisor or an accountant because, yeah, yeah you, want, you want that sort of help. So for anyone listening who – is embarrassed um, and do does shut their eyes when they kind of go to purchase something. I think literally what you just said is give yourself a break and actually yeah. acknowledge the fact that, yep, yeah, I, I need a bit of help. Um, and, yeah, you can't be embarrassed. Otherwise, it's going to snowball, right? It's just going to yeah, get. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it will. And, like, it's going back to what I was saying, like how long can you sustain this for? And, and like, I know when I feel anxious about something in life, not finance, necessarily but like do I want to continue feeling crappy about this or do I want to do something about it and the answer is always I'm going to do something about it because what's the point in living with this like heavy feeling on my chest thinking about xyz but I guess what I was going to say was that like a lot of times yeah it might seem boring to talk about numbers or or read about numbers but nine times out of ten people will come to me with that kind of as you said, that like that approach where you're a bit embarrassed or you're not that interested, but you just want to do something about it. But nine times out of 10, people love talking about money and love chipping away at their goals. And when they can see that it's actually working, that they become super passionate and like I start like sending them different podcasts or sending them different articles to read. And like it, I, I don't know, I think like once they realize that it's not as hard and scary as what people make it out to be, then like, you know, everyone can really understand it at some point, you know, like I totally. think, I think that's the really cool part of my job. I love being able to talk to people and see them light up when they talk about money and what they've done with their money. And now that they can buy their first property or now they can buy the second property or, or whatever it is. So it's like, yeah, it's really cool. I love yes. That. And that is like in my career as well, you know, in my profession that we see that, 
the same thing kind of happening where, yeah. you know, people are actually sticking to their goals, you know, whether that be training or nutrition or whatever it is. And they then start to, yeah, literally you see that shift from going, I'm so scared and nervous to actually going, oh my gosh, like Emily or Brooke, look, look what I'm actually doing because, you know, we've, we've mapped out a plan and that's mm. probably number one is to map out that, that plan, which yeah. we've pr- literally spoken about. Just got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of podcasts, Brooke, you and your husband, Dale, are going to be starting a new podcast. So tell us a little bit about what what you're going to be doing within that podcast. What are you talking about? Well, first of all, how weird is it that like my right hand isn't sitting here in, in this like <laughs> <laughs> Dale and I literally do everything together, just some, some background. Like we work together, yes. we go to gym together, our friends are our friends, like we're attached to the hip. So naturally we're <laughs> naturally we're doing a podcast together because I think we both, you know, bounce off each other in a really positive way and compliment each other. So we're going to do a podcast on, um, you know, all things predominantly finance related um, and talking about, you know, yeah, like things like what we sort of touched on today, which we'll expand on in more details like budgeting and, and investments and and starting a business and, and going through the real like, you know, itty-gritty details in, in more conversations and um, interviewing business owners um, as well and, and, you know, just sharing some of their stories and things like that. So really excited. We've been working on it. We've been, people have been telling us to do a podcast for years. And last year we realized that it's something that we'd really, really love to do. So we've been working on it for a while, but going back to that thing, I'm not creative. I'm an accountant. Like I'm not actually putting together logos and business names and, and, and like, the name of the podcast, that's where I will dig my head in and just avoid, avoid, avoid. So that's why it's taken so long. But, yeah, that's it's really exciting. That is so exciting. So tell us where we can find you and um, what we should be looking out for on your new or how we can find your new upcoming podcast. So um, probably my Instagram is where I put a lot of, I guess, when I do share a bit of content around uh, finance and budgeting and stuff like that would be on my Instagram, which is at Brooke Fulstar-Fenwick. And then um, we'll have a, a page on Instagram for our podcast, which will also, we'll put a lot of, um, I guess, tips and tricks on that platform um, so that it's all in the one, one place and, and potentially build out a website from there. So um yeah, trying. I guess the aim of the game is to make this kind of conversation really lighthearted and interesting and fun. That's like, I don't know, that's what I like about what I get to do every day is right. I've got the opportunity to make people feel really calm about this kind of conversation. And, and I, I, yeah, I don't know, that's what the aim of this podcast would be. Definitely. And so we'll be able to find you at brook.fenwick on Instagram and you can keep an eye out for the upcoming podcast via her socials. Mm -hmm. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and have taken away some serious tips about how to start saving. I know I definitely have. Brookie, thank you so, so much for joining me on the podcast. 
I absolutely love you and adore you and your vibe. Thank you again. Oh, darling, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So this wraps up our second episode of the Boss Babe Mentality. Show Brooke your support and love if you enjoyed the chat by screenshotting the episode, uploading to your Instagram and tagging at brooke.fenwick and myself at the underscore sweat club so we can see you tuning in. Your feedback and love is what keeps us going. So please take a minute to hit that subscribe button so you do not miss out on the amazing boss babes I have coming up. If you loved this episode, please rate and review as this supports me so much. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.